0: Welcome to the Purple Worship Podcast, where we talk about worshiping with your whole life. I'm Caleb Allen, pastor, musician, husband and father of four, soon to be five, and joining me today are CK and Brandon. Brandon is a pastor in Springfield, Missouri, also a husband and a father of seven, Uh, So he's the sage, and then CK is a tech director in Kansas City. He's a husband and father of two, so he's the rookie as far as parenting goes. Uh, Great to have you guys joining me. Thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today. We're looking forward to having a wonderful conversation. Today we're going to be talking about the corona crisis. That's what everybody is experiencing right now, so why not? But specifically, as parents, as fathers, how do we handle fear? in our own hearts, in our family's heart, and what is the proper biblical response? What's the worshipful response um, to fear? So just real quickly before we dive into that, we have clear commands in scripture. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Philippians 4, be, be anxious for nothing. John 14.1, let not your hearts be troubled. So we have clear commands in scripture not to be afraid. And yet at the same time, we see uh, from Psalm 56 that fear is a real thing that we have to deal with. The psalmist says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. So it's not so much that we shouldn't ever experience fear, but there's definitely a biblical response to it. There's definitely a worshipful response to it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So as we start these, um, this parenting series, talking about how to parent through the Corona crisis, I really want to start today with the question about worship how is tackling fear in our lives worship what makes it worship i think part of it at least at least part of it you know and speaking
1: as a father primarily um is trying to teach how to be peaceful and prudent uh in any time and it doesn't just have to be in uh, good times it has to be also in t- when things are a little bit rough and you know the impact on uh, me and my household right now is fairly minimal in all of this because we aren't personally sick we know people who have been and even uh, you know friends of friends who have perished from this uh, but you know the the fear aspect hasn't really hit home for us in our home environment but we still have to be peaceful and prudent and a bit huge portion of that just comes down to how you talk about things with the people who are going through the roughest part of this and i feel like you know in a a worshipful response is also one of grace toward others to make sure that those who are feeling the the heightened aspect of fear are being addressed uh with a calm and uh, having the, that peace that can only come from knowing god that, that mm-hmm. we would we would take all of our approach to people, and wrap it in that. Uh, so that's that's probably just baseline. That's not even getting into specific stuff. But
2: I mean, I think you know, if if uh, if worship and um, glorifying God are kind of you know similar, at least they're connected or, or close to each other, mm-hmm. then part of the way that we um, glorify God, part of the way that we worship during or through fear is simply by acknowledging that we're afraid and then uh, as you mentioned in the opening when I'm afraid I put my trust in you Mm -hmm. uh, in God whose word I trust and I think that one thing that we have to do when we're afraid is just bring ourselves first off um, because we can't help people if we can't do it Mm -hmm. but bring ourselves first off to a place of uh, rest in God's word, and then try to do that. Try to be able to help people work through that. I'm am similar to UCK in that, you know, I, I don't I don't know anybody who has gotten COVID nineteen. I. Um, I know of people who know of people. So it's very far removed from me. And yet um, we kind of feel like like there are cases, you know, just moving closer and closer to, in, to us. And I just feel like eventually I'm going to know people who are mm-hmm. walking through that. And um, especially seeing the people that I have um, in my congregation, you know, th- there are some of them who are very scared. Mm-hmm. Some of them who are immunocompromised compromised or whatever and they're very scared and uh so the great task is if I even if I don't feel afraid to be able to to sympathize with them and uh kind of put myself in their shoes so that I can try to walk through that with them um and we all know what it's like to be afraid we all know what it's like to be afraid in in other ways so
0: absolutely and you mentioned not knowing anybody personally who actually has the COVID strain. And we actually, my family has two different people, um, that are very closely connected to us. One was an 80 year old man, um, already plus, and he had it and got over it. Um, so praise the Lord for that. And then the other actually is my aunt who, uh, it's kind of weird. She, she most likely has it. The, the way the testing works, there's like a, if it's a double positive, then you definitely have it. If it's a positive and a negative, you probably have it. And that's what she got. So they're, they're more they're doing more testing so we don't know but she has all the all the same symptoms and also a ton of other health problems so she's very at risk as well Um, so we know those people that that hit rather close to home you know i think from a a high level looking at you know how is us aggressively attacking fear in our own hearts and then aggressively attacking fear in our family or the people that immediately surround us in our uh, immediate circle of influence I think that is worship primarily because of the commands that we have not to be afraid. Um, Like what you just said, you, you re referenced Psalm 56 when I'm afraid I will trust in you. Well, the trusting part is what makes it worship. Right. And so it's the attack mode that we have to go in when we're afraid so that we don't succumb to fear so that we don't lose our minds in fear so that we don't run around scared because as Christians, you know, ultimately this is, as Paul would say, a light, momentary affliction. Like even if we had COVID and and died from it, it'd be a light, momentary affliction. And so, as Christians, we we of all people should be the least fearful, right? And so uh, that doesn't mean we can't feel fear, uh, but there's definitely a response to it. And so, how as fathers? Now we obviously have talked about you know, fortunately for the three of us, it hasn't hit us super hard. That's not to say that it won't. Um, they're talking like this right. could go three, four, five months. It might hit way, way closer to home sooner rather than later. Um, so, if that would, if that were to happen, if uh, one of our kids got this, or uh, our wife got this, or we got it, you know, how would we fight the fear in our own hearts, practically speaking? And then, how do we fight it in our family as well?
2: You know, I think that uh, a large part of it comes down to um, the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that 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 people don't like to talk about is is discipline, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. sim- simply getting in the habit of being in the word. So again, I go back to Psalm 56. That's just it's a it's a, a guiding uh, word for us in, when we get are fearful. Uh, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you in God, whose word I trust Mm -hmm. and the spiritual disciplines, things like reading your Bible, praying specifically, uh, praying in conjunction with reading your Bible, memorizing your Bible, you know, how, Mm -hmm. how helpful is it that we have, you know, the rest of that Psalm goes on and says, what can man do to me? What can flesh Mm -hmm. do to me? Um, and, uh, uh, I recognize that a virus isn't necessarily um, a person, but the idea is that um, we are assaulted in our physical bodies by mm-hmm. things, by people, by circumstances, by, you know, weather, tragedies. And in all of it, the, the Psalm says the same thing, nothing, you know, it can do nothing to us. Um, and I, I will not ramble on, but Second Corinthians I think is one of the best books to read for sufferers. Um, it starts yeah. and and it just goes, um, and it's all about the sufferings that Paul faced and how we get to it. And Caleb, you alluded to Second Corinthians, Corinthians four, where um, he says, "You know, we don't lose heart, mm-hmm. even though our outer self is wasting away." I mean, that is that is that's what people feel like going through this. My outer self is wasting away, right. but in chapter one, he uh, he talks about. In chapter 1, verses, what, 8 and 9, he says, We were utterly burdened beyond our strength, so that we despaired of life itself. We felt we had received the sentence of death. So that's, that's a place that we might be, were we to come into contact with this. That's a place that many people are. Even people who recover, um, it's bad. And uh, that's how you feel as you're in that. And then he goes on, he says, But all of that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Um, and I think yeah. having those, believing those, having those in your mind, having those quick uh, as ammo to fight, as mm-hmm. you said, fight fear. It's an enemy. Um, makes a, a world of difference. And we we can't disciple anybody else if we don't first have those spiritual disciplines down. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, you know, as a as a dad, especially the the type of leaders that. Uh, or mentors that are in my life and the type of people that I'm listening to play a huge role in what I then pass down to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in regardless of what each of them are, are exposed to individually, they all inevitably will look to me. And so where my source is, and where I choose to get my news, or where I choose to put my trust, uh, is going to ripple down to them eventually uh, if nothing else because i can't hold it all in and (laughs) so you know our wives will feel it the most um but then you know our our children will see it on our faces or when we're playing with them they can sense these things and so Mm. even if we're not talking about them you know and so i think having having those disciplines and then even controlling what we allow ourselves to dwell on is such a huge part of it too because um, not only do we need to have that eternal hope and we need to have our our hope placed in god Um, some of my favorite psalms are in the 40 range where you know he's talking about hope in god for i will yet praise him Mm -hmm. and you know the you you look to god as your help and as your comfort and everything Uh, but even beyond that even just what we're listening to and dwelling on within the news that is going around and all of this that can really change your perspective and it Mm -hmm. can really change the way that you bring that home Uh, or, well, I guess we're all home right now, but the way that you, uh, (laughs) that you, you know, I think when we want to know, we're supposed to be ones who, uh, know the times and are aware of those things in light of eternity. Uh, so we have to be able to play that balance too, and still apply it to our families to make sure that they're, they're learning how the scripture connects to something like this. And hopefully then they see in us that reliance on, that eternal hope that mm-hmm. can't be shaken.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's such a great point too, that what what input you have uh, as far as the news that you're watching, the types of people that you're listening to. Are you listening to more podcasts like this and preachers who are telling you, hey, don't be afraid, trust in God. Or are you listening to the news who's trying to make absolute pandemonium out of just about everything right where are you getting your primary information from your primary input and you have to know what's going on but at the same time you have to balance it out Um, because you're listening to it in the news, you're listening to a bunch of fearful people who don't have the context of fear not for I am with you. Uh, They don't have that God on their side, right? And so listen to people who do have God on their side, and then that will be a, a better guide for you. Brandon, I want to go back to something you said really quickly, because I absolutely love the resurrection Um, Christ's resurrection and then the promise of our resurrection as a tool to fight back against fear. So could you just elaborate for just a minute? Um, Just take a couple of minutes to talk about how the resurrection unlocks fearlessness.
2: Yeah. uh, It's one of my favorite topics in the whole wide world. So uh, I'm just pulling up. I've got my Bible on my iPad here. So, um, (laughs) you know, I don't think that there's many better verses, um, to be reminded of how to live and how to be hopeful during difficult times than uh, Philippians 1, Mm -hmm. 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if you go back just a little ways, if you go back to like verse 20, Philippians 1, 20, Paul says, it's my eager expectation. So he's excited. It's my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed. So I will not be Um, put in a place of dishonor, put in a place of uh, um, hopelessness or despair, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. So he's excited about the possibility of Christ being honored, even if he dies. Hmm. And uh, he's excited about his connection to Christ's honor by him also not being put to shame, right? Mm. So there's a connection to, to us being glorified or um, made happy, uh, connected to Jesus being honored. And he says, the reason is, so for, Philippians 121, for can also be translated because, because to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So the way that I make Christ look good and therefore reach a point especially in death where I'm no longer um, in a place where I have to be fearful of shame, you know, fearful of dishonor um, from God, because he's the one who matters Mm -hmm. um, is by thinking about my entire life as being uh, for the purpose of Jesus and thinking about my death as gain. Mm -hmm. So if I can just get it into my head and that's so hard to do, it, it, it really is. But if you can just pound it into your head that to die is gain that, uh, the resurrection of Jesus has removed the sting of death. And, uh, with Jesus, death is like sleeping. Mm -hmm. Then it's really, uh, you're, you're free. You're just free. Mm -hmm. You know, you're free. And in those moments you're, you are, uh, you're, you're set free from, from that worry and that fear. And you think about Paul later on in this, uh, book in Philippians saying, don't be anxious at all, mm. ever, period. Mm. All right, that's just stupid difficult, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, none of us do that rightly, but the key to that is found in remembering that our honor and our life and our future hope and happiness come from believing that the worst thing this world has to offer uh, The worst thing that this world can do to us, which is to kill us, remove us from Mm -hmm. our worldly possessions, remove us from our worldly comfort and safety, the worst thing that it can do is infinitely good for Mm us. It's infinitely good, which is why he goes on. He says, if I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, but he doesn't know what he can choose because verse 23 says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. Mm-hmm. Uh so there's something great that lies in store for us and um I just think that that idea um holding on to that idea remembering that idea if 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 he can make dying gain he can take care of the rest of it he just really can you work you work in reverse and he can take care of the rest of it so
0: absolutely I don't know if
1: you guys have read uh the book Living Life Backwards um but they it's it's an, uh, kind of a commentary on Ecclesiastes and he goes through kind of verse by verse in large chunks it's a phenomenal book uh, and it it really does put into a frame um my wife and I were just talking about this tonight actually what if if you view the end of your life as something that you could face at any point in any given day not only does it it's, it doesn't make you it doesn't make you like live in a in a yolo kind of way it actually makes you think like what is the most worshipful way i could go about this day and that There's comes down to us mm. yeah like everything you do and, and even to the way you uh i was gonna say talk to a barista but we're not really doing that right now <laughs> but like even the way you talk to someone you know else who not only just thinking that they could be going through something but thinking about them as having an eternal perspective that could be one of hopelessness yeah. that You know, how big of a deal you make about something or the way that you frame even a word of hope or something to them is going to tell a story about how you are living your life in that reverse way where the end is determined for all of us. We Mm -hmm. know we're all going to die eventually, but the hopefulness that we have in that and the assurance we have of that eternal security and that it really is gain can you can take your whole day then and say okay whether it's a a pandemic that's sweeping across the globe or whether it's just a friday um we we have the ability to right. to go through our day and live in light of eternity and um i just i love how practical that is especially in in philippians where paul is giving this advice to these people that he loves dearly and he takes time to give them that assurance and to just say, yeah, yeah. just do the things that you know you're supposed to be about. And, and this is why, because you have this hope.
0: Absolutely. Man, I, this has been, um, it's just been fantastic just to remind ourselves of these promises. And, and quite honestly, that to me is the biggest takeaway from all of this. You know, how do you tackle fear in your life? Well, you hold on to the promises of God. That's how you tackle fear. And so um, I think it's fitting that we hold on to one of those promises as we end the the conversation on fear today. Um, so I just wanted to read this it's super familiar Romans 8 the the great 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 chapter um, but when we think about it in terms of coronavirus and what's going on with our economy and what's going on with the people around us and how many different people are living in fear right now because of uncertainty, this is the promise that we have it is. Uh, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who, or we could say what, can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So let me skip down. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present like coronavirus, nor things to come like whatever the future holds when the economy tanks and goes downhill or whatever happens, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Excuse me for a minute. Mm. Woo! Hallelujah! Take that coronavirus. Take that fear. Romans 8 for the win. I mean, seriously, guys, that is just, it's just, it doesn't get any better than that. When you think about what's going on around us right now, and all the people, the hundreds upon thousands of people who can't claim that promise. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my parents were part of a, a revival service uh, this last week, and over 200 people got saved during this online revival that they were doing, where literally it baffles my mind that a lost person would sit there and listen to that kind of preaching about hell, about the second coming of Christ, about any of it. Because, you know, conventional wisdom would say something like that. If you're sitting at home and you're lost and you don't care anything about God and you pull that up, you're not gonna stay on that video long enough for it to make a difference because you're at home. Who's gonna see you? It's not like you went to the tent and people are you're afraid that people are gonna think you're you know you're you're leaving, you know? So there's no there's no reason mentally for me, I was telling my mom this last night, there's no reason mentally for me to to be like, why does that work? But it's the power of the gospel that draws people and it doesn't make sense sometimes. Paul says it's foolishness and a stumbling block, but to those who believe It is the power of God. It is life. It is hope. It is all of those things. Um, And promises like this are coming true for hundreds of people uh, all around our world. And that's my prayer. Like, if you're Mm -hmm. struggling with fear today, grab hold of this promise. And if you can't grab hold of this promise, let me introduce you to somebody who can unlock that promise for you.
1: Yeah. Good word. Well
0: said. Man, awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me today again on the Purple Worship Podcast. Um, Just to remind everybody, every minute of every day, we are worshiping something. So we encourage you to worship God. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon.